football card collecting and investing. Oh, look at that. Play those drums, baby. I don't know what happened. My audio just started playing all over the place. But he's Andy. My name's Carter. I'm so freaking excited to talk about anything and everything football cards today. We're going to talk about the big game and something very interesting that happened with Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes cards. And it is now, Andy, the dreaded offseason. Oh, my goodness. There is nothing quite like no football on the screen. And, Andy, our general topic, we like to start every episode with a very simple question. Were you happy this year with your football card buying and selling selections and collections and investing and flipping? And, Andy, it's a question that's very important to ask yourself all the time is, are you still having fun doing this hobby? Yeah, man. Uh, absolutely still having fun. And, you know, I added some really great cards to my collection. I also made some nice flips. I did definitely, though, make some mistakes, just some blunders. I wouldn't say necessarily a mistake because I've still got the card and it's still got uh, potential. Like it's, I still have a physical, tangible, alternative investment assets that I've got over here in my box. So it's like I've got future potential and some stuff. I'm left sitting on a lot of things. Till next year, it's all a learning experience. And with so many variables in sports cards, I'm constantly like going and looking back, kind of like reflecting on what what I did and and trying to make sense of how I can um, how I can get better at it. You know, in a sense, kind of like when I'm playing fantasy football, I'm looking at the roster that I drafted last year. I'm like, oh, well, this is this was a blunder. This was a blunder. And then I'm going to try and make those improvements next year. Andy, I make mistakes all the time, right? Uh, my uh, Jameis Winston decision this offseason was really poor, and I lost like crazy, and I got greedy, and I wanted to see Jameis Winston lead my beloved New Orleans Saints to the playoffs, and obviously that didn't happen. We all make mistakes, but I think I'm still happy. I'm still enjoying this. I still look forward to talking to you every single week and you and I talk basically almost every day about football cards. So what we want people to do that watch our channel is still have fun with all of this. I know sometimes it could be a lot of data. I know we all want to flip and, and look really cool and, and make big profits and all of that. But most importantly, make sure you are having fun and make sure you are not spending money on stuff that you don't have the money for. So as long as you're still having, ha uh, still having a good time with it, that's all that matters in the grand scheme of things. So my question for you, Andy, what was your happiest football card play and purchase over the past year? Over the past year? Well, I'd say, I'd say like uh, Daniel Jones was such an interesting one, and I that's still cool. like him going – Back to the Daniel Jones. But it was just such an interesting one because I was like before the season ready to write him off. I moved the Daniel Jones cards that I bought the year prior at a break even, even a slight loss. I sold them and only to buy back in like in November before the playoffs to then double up and make and, and flip them again. So it was like a really, a really fun one, um, you know, and I'm like. Yeah, it's just an interesting sales cycle on some of these quarterbacks where you could be a year early 
And either if you get out too quick, then you kind of miss out on a bunch of profit where you could have sat on it with the quarterback market is, is a lot more interesting that way. And then and then also, you know, some of the more common cards that I had compared to the more uh, rare cards that I bought into this season that did better for me. So it, it was a really interesting uh, learning experience. My happiest one, Andy, was buying the Peyton Manning and John Elway card that is in the background. I loved it. I worked really hard to move up, um, you know, with Barry Sanders autos and all of that. That made me so happy. I don't care if that card goes to $5. The fact that I got that card with two legendary players on it, it just makes me feel great. And I know those guys don't play and they, they won't get like a spike randomly out of nowhere, but that is what makes me happy patch cards that is my favorite thing so whatever makes you the happiest do it right so comment down below and answer that question before you actually decide to do anything going into the off season now andy we did have the big game that just happened from a football card perspective i think the most interesting thing that that, that came from the weekend was what happened to patrick mahomes cards yeah, a lot of people were expecting Patrick Mahomes cards to go up uh 10, 20, 30. Like the the interesting thing is that they the depending on which cards you look at, they didn't really go up at all. So here you could see that even in fact, like his base optic PSA 10 is down 13%, or like the base Donruss uh PSA 10 is down 9% over the previous transaction, just looking at the current trend of of the card so you could see on some of these more common cards even the um let me go ahead and take a couple of these guys out because i was doing some comparisons there um, so if we look at his prism it's break even right the prism right. is arguably his flagship card from 2017 908 psa 10 pop 2500 a psa 9 pop and you could see even the like find an auction Thursday, February 9th, 4200, a little bit over the February 8th auction, but there's no big spikes uh, as since the game. So, you know, that was probably the, the most interesting observation that I can that I can see. And um, I think there's a few reasons for that. Uh, you could you could look at the cards for him that are actually trending up, right? Some of these interesting cards, like Rookie of the Year from Contenders. But look at where the the average PSA 10 was before. You have this 95% increase, or these rookies, or this one from Certified. Some of these cards from Phoenix, Rookies and Stars, the Rookies. Uh, there's a field level 14% increase. So it's nothing uh, too crazy. But his cards were already super expensive to begin with, Carter. So yeah. I like always ask people like how high do you expect these cards to get up? There, there, these are not uncapped assets. Like there is definitely a an arbitrary cap. Like there is there is a, a cap to the values of sports cards generally. I mean, there just has to be. Yeah, and it's weird because of the 2017 Prism Silver aspect of his rookie card. Right, it makes that base a silver per se and it makes it look cooler than normal but Andy there was a time where that card was going for $8,000 uh, I remember a sale leading into the 2020 um, Super Bowl of a PSA 10 Prism rookie Mahomes that went over 10k 
Um, and now it just sits at $4,000, right? So, you know, as Steve points out, there was already three Super Bowls built into his prices already. Um, true. And, you know, uh, th that's part of it, right? You got to get someone on the upswing. And Patrick Mahomes has been to five AFC championship games. He's been to three Super Bowls and he's won two of them already. So, Andy, I, I, I guess if someone is trying to buy a Patrick Mahomes card, uh, it's just going to be up, but you do have to ask the question, how much higher can this card actually go? Yeah, I mean, and I think the answer at this point clearly is that in the short term, it's not going to go up any higher, right? There's got to be a tremendous amount of personal collection value to you in this card because it's in the short term, it's not going to go. Where is he going to go from here? He just won the MVP and the Super Bowl. You know, so two of the biggest, you know, hype driven events of the year. So it's just not going to go up much more unless maybe, I don't know, they draft some elite wide receiver talents. They find a way to uh, move up and draft some elite wide receiver talent in the draft, uh, pick up somebody in free agency. Maybe, you know, you see somebody here and there willing to pay a little bit more than what the current prices are because maybe they're not following like a comping process. They're not looking at the sole transactions to make sure they're getting the deal. Um, otherwise, you, you got to look at this as like the cap, like the new cap. We're not expecting to see another massive influx of new hobbyists coming in, right? Um, it's not like it was whenever there were literally tens of thousands of people uh, flooding, the, flooding the hobby and flooding the marketplace at one time in back in 2020 to in the beginning of 2021 to get these rookie cards you know so now we're at a, a new norm and his cards are pretty much pretty much capped right now i i think that yeah. they were way over inflated in tw at the end of 2020 and 2021 and they've just regressed to a new norm and they're incredibly expensive compared to any other athlete elite athlete that's why i was looking at christian mccaffrey cooper cup um you could look at Deshaun Watson's market, even though it's down big time, but just trying to find other athletes from 2017 class where you can kind of compare because there's similar scarcities and uh, print runs and stuff. So, you know, it's just his cards are just so inflated. Like uh, like Steve said, they got, they got they got three Super Bowls baked into them already. You know, I did see an interesting uh, post from someone that had a Patrick Mahomes gold number to 10 select rookie. Sold it for a thousand a few years ago, and now that card is what 50k minimum. Uh, so my thing always goes back to this if you get a gold number to 10 or something very short print that is numbered that adds to uh, it gives that card a little extra something, then you might be cooking with something as far as something that could go up or could go down, right? I just think the hobby, Andy, has matured so much that anything base um, is is not going to go up or down where the number one aspect of the card is the grade given to it by PSA. But if you do have um, a number to 99, a number to 10, a number to 25 card of a legend, that will obviously be something that will go up or down a little bit more on performance than anything else, right? So um, it just goes back, and you always preach it, rarity, 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 numbered, numbered, numbered. Um, that's what I look for in every card that I buy now, especially the ones that 
I'm spending triple figures on. So um, it's it's very interesting. Yeah, it is very interesting. I'd say one of the one of the great examples of this is we look at the other side. I mean, Jalen Hurts uh, played his ass off in this Super Bowl. I mean, from a passing standpoint, besides the the fumble, the one turnover. I mean, he really threw the ball well, and and his cards like they have gone up. They were going up into this game, and I pulled them up here and compared him to Justin Herbert because if you look at the base prism, right, and the base mosaic and the base optic. These on average are going higher than Justin Herbert. 164 trend on the um on the Jalen Hurts Prism PSA 10 compared to 148 on the Herbert. This is this is a big change from earlier in the season before the season, right? Massive change. And, and Burrow is leading both of these guys. But just looking at the trend on the base cards, then but if I go to the optic hollow, if I go to the prism silver, the rookie ticket auto, now all of a sudden Herbert's cards are a lot more expensive than Jalen Hurts. You know, so it's a very interesting comparison process to look at what, you know, card versus card, because now all of a sudden I'm looking at the optic hollow of Jalen Hurts and I was coming down here and looking at the optic hollow of of um, uh, Justin Herbert down here. And those were, you know, more rare. So you could see I'm like just filtered by total sales and it's considerably more rare. Like I was like scrolling down right. here quite a ways to find it. It's considerably more rare, which leads to higher resale value. People have more money invested in the card going back a couple years uh, compared to the Jalen Hurts. So when I get to more scarce card, there's a field level silver 550 uh, compared to the the Jalen Hurts, the white die cut for 226. But you get the idea, Carter, um, of how the the more scarce we get, the more of a difference now back in favor of the guy who has already had the hype baked in uh, for two seasons in a row. Let's go, Jalen. We have been pro Jalen Hurts on this channel for quite some time. I'm bringing up a lot, Andy. You, you've, you've made quite a few Jalen Hurts plays, and I know he lost uh, the Super Bowl, but him and Patrick Mahomes were the two best players on the field. And Jalen, you know, highest PFF grade ever given to anybody in the Super Bowl. There were some big throws that this guy made, some big runs that this guy made on a slippery surface as well. Um, he was truly, truly, truly spectacular. And, you know, we we see Kamikaze sports card hybrid. He's a big Eagles fan. Eagles losing both coordinators to head coaching jobs. What the F? Um uh, pretty crazy stuff right there. Um, but, you know, I look at the NFC and I look at Jalen Hurts. I see him making another MVP run next year. They get everybody back. They are going to be fine. I know replacing coordinators on both sides of the football sucks. I know there could be a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover. The NFC East did get better um, th this past year with the emergence of Dable and 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 the the, the Cowboys as well. But I still think the Eagles are going to be a dominant team. And it goes back to what I've said from the get-go about Jalen Hurts, right? Yes, he has got an amazing supporting cast. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You can make a case it's the best in pro football. But even with that, if you just use the eye, eye test, you saw some of the big throws that this guy made. You saw the tight windows that he delivered, in particular to Goddard a few times in the Super Bowl. He's great. Jalen Hurts is a great quarterback. Mm -hmm. This is not a Brock Purdy game manager situation. This guy is a true difference maker. And 
look, uh, I, I know a lot of people that watch his channel have a lot of money tied up in, in Justin Herbert stuff. I get it. Justin Herbert's a great talent, but I, I don't see a lot at the end of the tunnel for the Chargers. I just don't. I, I'm not in love with the staff. The Broncos hired the one of the best coaches in the sport, and the Chiefs are the Chiefs. So, you know what, Andy, I, I, I look, and I, I always ask you uh, your thoughts on Jalen Hurts' prices. Last year, you could have got his PSA 10 Prism for 50 bucks, consistently 50, 60 bucks, and now it is consistently at 160. Um, it, it's really incredible stuff. And look, I know Hertz was a second round pick and Herbert was a first round pick. I I am just fading Justin Herbert big time right now, Andy. Yeah, I, I think um, I think that's probably the right play to make. Uh, because of the current price of Justin Herbert. They just haven't cooled off enough, and I'm not sure they will with how many hobbyists have actually already invested significant money because you think about the all-time peak for this modern market is going back to the draft time period of, of 2021, after the 2020 season. That's when Justin Herbert broke out. Joe Burrow was still rehabbing uh, his horrific knee injury, and Jalen Hurts hadn't yet broke out yet. Uh, and that is when Justin Herbert's cards peaked. And that is when he had the highest sales volume uh, that really drove his prices up. So I think you have a lot of people that have a lot of money invested in him. And they're just a lot. Of, there's a lot of holding. There's a lot of um, like probably shenanigans going on with some of his auctions, I'm sure. And and then you have a lot of people just not willing to take that much of a loss and and wanting to value his cards a lot higher than what they should be. So they're they're not there. And that's why you've seen Jalen Hurts now break out in 2021 season at a, at a you know fairly decent level. And then 2022, he actually way over exceeded his expectations. And his rookie ticket autos values went from like 200 on average to now almost $1,000, $850 on average. That's a big increase. But we're not seeing like if this was if this was 2020 season and Jalen Hurts did this, these cards would also be at two grand. I'm, I'm a firm believer of that regardless of how good, you know, the defense and the offensive line and the wide receivers and the tight ends and all that kind of stuff. I think that uh, the quarterback is the face of the franchise still um, in 99% of situation uh, that, you know, Jalen hurts is still the leader on that team. He's still the captain of the offense. He's still the signal caller. He's still going to be, the quarterback and in terms of the, the eyes, of the hobby, like it's just, you know, yeah, it's just a more mature market. It's a more mature market and it's more people investing on merit and he didn't quite get there, but I'm, I think in, they're obviously going to be contenders next year. So it's one of those situations where I would, I would hold, I think the more rare stuff like you're talking about has some nice long-term appeal long-term. And, and I mean, long-term like six months, you know, plus type time frame. And what did I tell you? Devonta Smith, the Slim Reaper, was going to have a huge playoff run, and he did. Um, I think he's very, very, very good. And uh, you move closer to the Waddles and the Chases in that that draft class. Um, let's take a look at a few of these questions before we move on here. BM says losing the defense coordinator won't hurt that much for the Eagles. Zero adjustments in the second half. Uh yeah, Gannon gone. Um, obviously, I think Steichen's going to be the more important replacement, him going to the Colts. Uh, but, yes, let's see. Miles Sanders was awful on Sunday. That was embarrassing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, 
yeah, the Eagles running backs weren't where they needed to be. I thought Boston Scott, those jukes that he had in the game were actually uh, yeah. uh, really, really crazy. Steven says, and, and this goes back to the opening question. I'm glad we did this opening question here. Steven, uh, Steven F FL, is anybody else burned out? I'm just looking at older cards now. I'll revisit the newer stuff in July. Andy, I'll let, I'll let you answer that. Uh, um, because yeah, I, 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 yeah, no, no, go on well, ahead. Well, I appreciate first, first and foremost, I, I love the fact that Steven is not afraid to admit that he's burned yeah. out on ultra modern and modern cards. Uh, it can be, a tricky market and it, you can make enough like wrong purchasing decisions and, and not, you know, like not being able to realize profit on cards enough that you, you can get burned out. Um, and if you're not having fun with it, then it absolutely makes sense to like dive into a different sector of the market. I think that's what's so cool about sports cards. There's so many different like sectors of sports cards you can dive into and um, older cards is a really cool one because, it, you know, it's a lot of gray chasing. And there's some really interesting vintage cards out there. Or you could look at veteran uh, inserts. So there's like some really cool inserts that we talked about, like the PMGs, the Precious Metal Gems from the late yeah. 90s. But even the game-worn uh, game patches like you got into from the early and mid-2000s, like you're just absolutely in love with that stuff. And so I think if that's a sector of the market that brings you a lot of joy, you have a lot of fun with, absolutely dive into it. I've had a lot of fun recently like diving into these recent XR sets. Like XR is a, a little bit of a lesser desirable set, but they're putting game-worn patches into veteran cards that are actually – jersey game worn patches and putting the game that the player worn it i think some of these cards are really cool so yeah i've been more uh selective in my buying decisions because um like yeah i i got burned out on buying like base prisms and base optic cards uh and and trying to flip those for a little profit because there's a lot of legwork involved a little bit of return and it's just the same card over and over again just for different players right so um i think that you got to find you know, you kind of like your niche and find where you're, where you have fun at. And, um, there's so many different little sectors of the hobby you can get into. Steven, I got burnt out on the modern stuff myself. And like, I just gonna, I know Andy and I don't agree on everything. I just going to agree with everything he just said, find something that you do like, right? Like for me, it's the Peyton Manning era guys. That was my favorite era of the NFL, Peyton and Drew, uh, mid 2000s guys i i just i just loved it right there are so like one thing andy that i started falling in love with were tops refractors from that era there are just so many cool refractor cards that look modern it looks like it was just printed this week um but it still has like a vintage look to it because it's from 2007 2008 um and I'm buying a ton of uh, like tops refractors, four dollars here for this Drew Brees refractor, five dollars here for this Peyton Manning refractor, and those cards have brought me a lot of joy. I know, I know it, I, that card won't go up to fifty to a hundred or whatever, but I like it, right? And that's the thing: you don't have to buy Zach Wilson, you don't have to buy uh, Kenny Pickett, you don't have to go and look at my local Walmart, Andy. There, there's still mosaic on shelves like this year mosaic 
it's thirty-five dollars for for the box for for me to pull a Kenny Pickett. Maybe uh, it's just not for me, right? So you can do whatever you want. That's the that's the beauty of it. It's a really good question, Steve. Um, and uh, and yeah, and I wanted to talk about this chart right here, Andy. Uh, you yeah. know, taking a look at some of these uh, PSA tens from the GL Hobby account and. These are some very interesting numbers, and it shows you the difference between Mahomes and everybody else. Yeah, it does, and I think this is some a, a place where you can have a lot of fun at, and it doesn't cost any money, and this is actually what I am focusing a lot of time on right now, recalibrating myself now that the Super Bowl is over, now that the season is officially over. I want to recalibrate myself and compare – uh, similar cards, as similar as I can get, just like this man has done right here with the Optic uh, Orange PSA 10, the Optic Aqua PSA 10. And this is uh, GL's, shout out to GL's hobby account. And what he's done, he's compared all these players against each other, looking at their average. And, you know, like the Josh Allen is on the on the orange is actually pretty close to Patrick Mahomes in the PSA 10. But if you look at the Aqua on the PSA 10, all of a sudden, there's a uh, there's a big difference there. So, I always find it fascinating to calibrate and hunt and compare players in the same or similar draft class or same or similar card in terms of scarcity to each other, and then from there, let that kind of dictate where I want to try and sink my teeth into the uh, into the market and hunt for deals. Because ultimately, what you're looking to do is re reverse engineer. You know, try and find a ceiling, a cap on what the card value could be. Uh, we know what Mahomes is now. <laughs> we know what Mahomes is. And then from there, reverse engineer it to kind of find your deal. Um, and I have I have a ton of fun with that. And that's kind of where I'm finding a lot of uh, fun at right now. And then from there, I'll dig in to see if I can find some deals and make some more purchases. Yeah, you know, I you always want to zig when everybody else is zags. A lot of people are going to be getting into NBA pretty soon. And like uh, Bob points out here, I'm not burnt out. Patience is key now. Building up some funds. If a good buy comes along, keeping it out for some skill position players, I'm looking to add and we'll look to flip next season. So, you know, I, there's plenty of different ways to look at it. When I sent Andy this chart, I looked at this chart and I said, you know what? There are a few players on here that really, really interest me. And I'm going to save my play of the week for a little bit later. Uh, but yeah, you know, patience is is very important. And, you know, uh, we got a big hype cycle coming up with the NFL draft over the next couple of weeks. But Andy, my question before we get into hobby tip of the week here is, do you expect a football card price dip over the next couple of weeks as fans move into NBA and MLB mode. Yeah, I think you got to ask yourself what what kind of taste did uh, a certain team, certain players leave in in their fans' mouth, you know, cuz there definitely are going to be some short-term dips on I would say at least half of half of the league, but there's the other half of the league that there's not going to be any dips on and there's going to be a lot of players that just uh, stay stay left level flatlined and then depending on what happens here in the free agency trade period leading into the draft they could go up or down and then the draft you get a lot of hype and you get a lot of uh, 
card appreciation. There's like there's already people buying Bryce Young cards. Like if you go and look at the Bowman U University, the other collegiate products out for Bryce Young, like some of these Sage and Wildcard uh, Onyx autograph cards, they're already pretty expensive cards. They're already triple digits, man. Like there's people buying. Like I was, we were looking at them the other week, and it's like, man, there's people buying these cards already in anticipation. So. Um, yeah, I think at just like any point in the year, there's going to be a dip on some guys and those are the guys you kind of, you kind of want to look at, like who finished the season really strong, but yet is still for some reason dipping like Daniel Jones. And, and then, you know, you kind of, you can find some really good deals there and say like, well, it's only common sense. It's only logical that they're going to add some serious wide receiver talent, this free agency, this off season. And that means like I'm going to buy because card prices are going to instantly go back up. Right. You know, um, even guys like Derek Carr, there's a lot of rumors around him and Rogers, their cards are pretty much like staying level. There's a couple spikes, a little spikes on some of their cards, but overall they're staying pretty level, maybe like a 10% increase on some of their more popular cards, like the tops Chrome and stuff, you know, um, and I think it'll stay that way because you also got to think about like uh, just from macroeconomics, you know, the interest rates kind of leveled off. People are getting like a lot of tax returns back and stuff. And so I think some people are going to have some extra money in their pocket. And now you have no football on TV. It's like, what are you going to do, man? <laughs> so we're going to start drafting best ball soon, but uh, we're going to be spending probably some time on the card shop live. We're going to be spending some time on eBay and wanting to wanting to get in some uh, investments for this upcoming season. We say hi to Jacob. That's a PHLer. Good to see you, man. Good to see JP. Um, lots of very good people in here right now. 38 strong. Hey, we just randomly decided to do it at this time. So it's pretty cool to see 38 plus of you in here. And Andy, before we get into a very special edition of Hobby Tip of the Week, we want to shout out our friends at Card Shop Lizzle Baby. Yeah, man, they just did a live event. This was so cool. They just did a live event. I hope you guys were able to uh, catch it. They reached out to me last minute because they found out they were going to get Barry Sanders live on the card on the card shop live app uh signing autographs on some custom super rare made uh cards and this was cool man they had some of their big breakers geos i think it was phoenix sports cards and sports card nonsense guys on there live breaking they broke a, one of the, one of the eminents you know that has the platinum bars the platinum bar was not in the spot where it's supposed to go it was literally what? glued on top of the player the image of the player it was glued on top of the image of the player and and this the like the oval cutout where it was supposed to go into was just empty it's like panini you had one job you have one job panini this stuff where they they do this stuff is hilarious but it was really good um and you guys are so seamless to set up over there we've got a link in the description below we're getting ready to do our giveaway here in the next week or so uh because donruss comes out i think i think donruss came out yesterday so I, I just got a notification for it. Yeah, man. So uh, looking forward to doing that here in the next week or so. And you can get one-click grading. Like the cards that you win in their breaks and their auctions on their live streams, you can uh, submit them through uh, Geo's cards. And like, man, you have a – I think in a lot of – because PSA graders, there's a lot of sub subjectivity involved. I do think there is some advantage in submitting through a, a group submitter versus on your own you may get a little bit mm. you know i know there's some there, that's debatable and there's some controversy there your honest thoughts 
Mais... Wait, honest thoughts about what? The new Donner's design. I oh, I think it's a travesty that they didn't put the rated rookie Thank logo you. in 3D format. You know, they put everything else with this elevated pedestal 3D coming out of the card, you know, like the player's name and the team and the Donner's brand name itself, but not the rated rookie logo. Like what? It's just, it was just a miss in my opinion. Like it would have added so much more to the card if that rated rookie logo was also 3D. Like, it was just weird. It was like the designer thought about it after the fact. It was like, oh, yeah, we got to have a rated rookie logo on this card. Oh, yeah. You know, I was like, I don't know. That was a little bit of a miss, but. Right, there you go. I just sent it to you in the private chat. Put it up on the screen. I want everyone to give me their honest thoughts on the new Donruss design, right? Because Donruss does come out soon, and I do believe it is tomorrow as – um as our buddy Ohio Stackett, I love that name, uh, points out, man. Uh, yeah, I, you see that rated rookie? That's just a miss, man. They put the rated rookie logo like it's kind of floating. The top of it should have uh, like a pedestal, like a three-dimensional aspect to it as well to make it jump off the, the car just like everything else does. I mean, it's just a total miss in my opinion. So if you're watching live right now, type why for yes if you actually like this design type in for no if you don't like the design um i i'm just not in love with it my opinion on it would change exactly what you're saying andy if the rated rookie logo was three-dimensional on the top right corner uh god i would have loved that that would that would have looked Filthy, but the Donruss, it just, ugh. I don't, I don't know what, it, I don't know what it is. And I'm, I'm normally not one to be too hard on design because de design is hard. You got to print a gazillion of them. Uh, Perry says, Perry Collectibles, our guy says no. Unbeatable says no. Charles says no. Uh, <laughs> Ohio stacking this year's is even better than many years. So a step in the right direction. I don't know. I kind of liked uh, last year's, but yeah, Andy, I think we're all in agreement. They, they could have done better with this. Yeah. You know, and the paper, the, the base paper card stock, it, it kind of gives it a, uh, a cheapish feel, you know, it's not nearly as nice as holding the prism or the optic in your hands or even the mosaic or select, um, so there's that. So it's really the rated rookie logo that you're after in these cards. And, you know, they have the, they have downtowns. Those are nice, like downtowns, uh, some of the gridiron kings, some of the canvas cards that they print are pretty cool. But I just really think they left a lot on the table in this base design. Um, you know, the, the base design is normally really popular. And I think it'll do OK. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they deviate at all, deviate at all from this with the optic, or if they roll with this with a chrome finish. Um, maybe they get it right with the optic and they and they like fix it a little, you know, they doctor it up, man. Because yeah, this is definitely lacking. Not not my favorite design. Does have kind of a kind of a cheapish look to it. JP says no, but the class stinks anyway, so who cares? Huh? Ah, ah. Yeah, that's a good point, man. Uh, most, most of the class is, 
has been uh, not great, not great, except for the all those guys the Jets drafted, the Jets, man. The Jets and the Seahawks, they crushed the draft, you know. And uh, Chris Olave. Shout out Chris Olave. Yeah, man, Chris Olave, dude. And you were hating on him before the season. You were not happy the Saints moved up to get him, and maybe I that wasn't it. the right move, but he's been a stud. He's a beast. He is an absolute beast. Now we get into hobby tip of the week. I will go first, and it kind of goes along with releases. You don't have to buy wax if you see it on the retail shelves, right? You just don't. I know you have the itch because you go to Walmart or you go to Target and you you get meat, you get paper towels, you get all this stuff that you don't like buying, but you need it. And then you walk by the card section, Andy, and you see all that gorgeous wax sitting on the shelves. You, you want to get a blaster for $37 total and you rip it and nothing really great comes out of it. Uh, it happens to me all the time. Sometimes I can't resist that urge. Sometimes I just have to buy the wax and, you know, uh, look, if that's what you want to do, I know it's a little bit different if you have kids because opening cards with your kids is unlike anything else, but you know, for me, Andy, I I, I, I got to be honest. My hobby tip of the week is simple. You don't have to buy wax. That money can go towards a single of a player that you actually do want. So my hobby tip of the week with Donruss coming out and all these other sets, it may not be worth it because there aren't a whole lot of big-time QBs in this class. Yeah, yeah, very true. Not a lot of big time QBs. So in terms of like the sealed wax value, it's got to be a lot of um, a lot of of like uh, entertainment value, you know, and ripping the wax. Um, I think I think my hobby tip of the week is going back to that spreadsheet we looked at. I think the big thing right now is to do for for any of you collectors, guys in the quest out there, is to look at all the cards you have and like sort it by player, sort it by player. Put them, in, whether it's dividers or, you know, stacks. If you don't have a box, like get an organizational uh, card box um, that'll hold like a thousand cards and sort it by player and then go and like either DM me or message us in the Discord and we can help you prioritize. But I think you want to go and look at like kind of understand these players and where their career trajectory is at, where they're headed and understanding the hobby hype cycles. And like guys like Zach Wilson, Davis Mills, um, these guys, I would be trying to flip them right now, even at a loss, even at a loss, because I see them as clipboard holders for a long, long time. Even guys like Baker Mayfield that still may have some some hype, you know, here and there. People still buying maybe Sam Darnold, too, you know, guys like that. Like I would start prioritizing which guys you want to list first and not necessarily put them in auction. Just put them in buy it now based on what the recently sold buy it now has been going for. And and let it rip, man. Let it rip, and go ahead and just move the move them. Even if even if unless you want to keep them on your wall forever, like you know. Uh, so I would. That's what I would be doing right now. All right. So before we get into plays of the week, we're going to answer as many questions as we possibly can in the chat. If you do super chat, it's a good way to help Andy and the channel. Uh, we will go straight to it. And spend as much time on the topic as you want, but we're going to answer as many questions as we possibly can here. Let's go to Ohio Stack, and who's been really good in the chat. How to organize thousands of cards? Okay, so not only 
are we going to answer? And I want everybody to share your best organization topics in the chat right now. We want to help out Ohio Stack, and uh, it's an addiction. Ohio Stack and mix uh, uh, mentions as well. Andy, I'm going to start with you as far as organization is concerned. Yeah, I, I keep it into what's listed, what's not listed. The cards you see behind me are different because some of those are listed, but they're I they're out in front of me. I see them every day. They're just my favorite cards. I like to put them on my wall, plus I'm a content creator. So I think it's fun to kind of show off some of the cool cards in my collection. But generally speaking, the thousands of cards I have, I keep the not listed cards here over here on my desk kind of in front of me. So I know I need to ca catalog them and list them. Everything over here is listed and is sorted by player. So basically, it's kind of hard to see it. I'll kind of lift it up, but I don't want to, you know, yeah, you can yeah. you can kind of see it. But it's basically one of these and everything in everything in here. And I've got another box just like that underneath it. Everything is sorted by player index cards that have the player's name on the top. You can you know, recruit your kids to help you with this. And yeah. it's a lot of fun. And you go through them and you just sort them by player. And then once you get them listed, you put them in the listed box. So you don't like have to scramble and have all your cards mixed together when you sell one. You go straight to your listed box and you can go to that player's tab and you find it. Boom. Easy. It takes five minutes to prepare a package to ship out. Right. Um, I learned that the hard way, man. I learned I accidentally sold some some cards before that I could not find uh, for the life of me and eventually found it, but it took me like two days to find the card, like steady searching every day. Uh, so definitely that's how I would order it. And, and that way you can go like, okay, boom, you see a player popping off. Now all of a sudden you've got those organized by player. You can go and assess your prices to make sure they're, they're where you want them. Or you can go and you can make sure that they're listed for the, that player and prioritize that way. Charles brings up, I've been wanting a solid answer on organization, so thanks for bringing it up. Um, I'm going to give you my thoughts on organization. I am not organized. I am scattered, and it makes me hate sports cards sometimes. So don't be like me and organize the way Andy organizes, by player. I think that's the easiest way to do it. If you do it by team, players go from team to team and they change. So, like me, I'm a big DJ Chark fan. So, you know, he's with he's been with the Jaguars. Now he's been with the Lions, right? So it's easier to, to do it uh, by player and alphabet uh, alphabetation, alpha alphabetize it uh, per se. And look, if if you're not organized, you can have stuff like this. You can have two Jeremy Hill cards and a Richard Hamilton and Gary Payton card that I randomly got organized right now because i'm used to being not an overall organized person there is a little bit of a method to the madness here but um uh number one invest in something that you could put on your wall where you can display your cards right so you can put your absolute favorite cards in there and you're always looking at it it makes you enjoy the cards a little bit more then all also like Andy showed you invest in uh, binders. It's a good way to put cheap cards, just you know, and uh, to, to store a huge PC that you can give your your kids or to somebody else. And then make sure you have these white boxes so you could put you know top loaders and all that stuff in there. So uh, organization is key. I wish I was a more organized person. My wife destroys me for that, uh, but. 
yeah, organization is so, so, so important because, Andy, it can overwhelm you. Let's go to Perry Collectibles here. Have you used the eBay vault yet, Andy? No, I haven't. I've had guys reaching out to Discord, and uh, some of the guys are doing really well with the eBay vault. Taxes when you buy and no selling fees when you uh, sell. So th those are a couple goals for me this year is to get more affluent with the eBay vault and also uh, get my my business license when you when you when you apply you get a uh, state business license then you can on ebay actually input that information and avoid sales tax altogether uh if you're verified ebay seller you know so then you could avoid sales tax altogether and that's a big portion of your overhead when buying a right. card really is because it's a percentage of the purchase so the bigger card you purchase the more sales tax is going to impact your overhead yeah, Perry, let me know. Uh, you could send me a message privately about uh, the, the the vault. It's not just eBay vault. PWCC also has a vault. My buddy Zach Rome uses it uh, quite a bit. Vaulting has become more popular, right? At Dallas Card Show, there was a vault company uh, that, that I spoke to for a while named Arena. So there's all these different vault uh, companies that are out there. It's just understand what the vault you don't actually physically get the card uh unless you know they they send it to you am i correct about that andy right yeah it's a it's a physical vault that um similar to starstock or com c that they're storing your cards in uh and as the middleman kind of like a consignment you know uh right. something like that yeah, you know, for me, uh, the tactile feel of a card is very important to me. So I don't know if I'll ever do vaulting, but if I did get into like higher end stuff and I didn't want to hold it and someone else can completely hold it and there'd be you know, no taxes or anything like that, I would look into it. I, re I really, really would. I know it feels different. It kind of feels NFT-y uh, because you're not actually holding the card. It's just, you know someone else has it many a miles away so um it, it is very very interesting uh yeah perry shoot me a message about it uh let's go to jp here andy i separate in boxes what's on ebay and what's for personal collection and then sort it by position very interesting so another reason why I do it by player as well is I can get a feel for how many of a specific card I have for a certain player. So like, I never want to be like drawing dead on a player. Like I didn't want to sell all my Jalen Hurts cards. I kept right. one or two back because like, what if, you know, it's kind of like that situation. Like you do want to sell on the immediate hype. Like if I had four Brock Purdy cards, I probably would have sold three of them and left one for that. What if like really, like if you already realized 100% profit in a player stock on average, why not sell like the majority and then keep one back for what a scenario. Uh, so you always have something, maybe it's something that you take to a card show. Now you've got a negotiation piece, that kind of thing. So I think it's, it, it gives you a really quick, good sense of, of all the cards you have for a certain player as well. So let's go up to uh, Stratman. I believe he is a new Questcaster. We want to make all the newbies feel great. Stratman says, I am a brand new collector. I have no cards in my PC. 
who are some of the under the radar rookies are you hunting for either sport? So obviously we're mostly uh football here, uh strat man. And if you have absolutely no cards uh in your PC, um, you know, first off you want to, uh, for me is list your goals, right? What is it that you want to do with this hobby? Right. Because it goes back to our initial question. We want to make sure we are all happy and enjoying this. So if you want to put cards in a PC per se, then there's no like real investing part of it, right? It's for your own personal collection. Uh, so ask yourself who your favorite players actually are. Is it Joe Burrow or is it someone random like, uh, I don't know, Christian Kirk or someone like that? Then you start building from there. You, uh, one thing I think, Andy, that's very key when you're starting is have a bankroll aside. Uh, so your actual bill money and money that, you know, keeps the lights on, make sure your card money is separate from that. Andy, you have a family, you have a very successful job. I obviously just got married. So, you know, I, I've sold some stuff off to pay off some wedding bills and stuff like that. But any, I think starting off before you actually just go and start buying a bunch of cards is number one, setting your goals. And number two, setting aside a, a, a bankroll that you feel comfortable spending. For sure. I think the number one question you got to ask yourself is what is your budget, right? And that's got to be separate from your life role. Like if you had a, a bankroll for sports cards or fantasy football or any type of of hobby or extracurricular activity, you definitely want to keep that separate from what you're paying for your bills. And then like, like if you, if you're just like asking yourself what under the radar players, like just look for good players, like look for guys, whether they're on a bad team, whether they've got a great quarterback, whether they've got no quarterback, look for good players. Like Chris Olave is a perfect example, Carter. And hopefully I'm not stealing your play of the week, but he's oh, just man. a perfect example of a really good player. And the Saints have already been trying to talk to Derek Carr. They're already like they're trying to make an upgrade of the quarterback position. They've got like uh, I looked at the, the the Saints are in a bad spot, but they've got uh, in terms of their their cap space. But they've got like uh, about one hundred and fifty million dollars they could restructure in veteran contracts this offseason. And they've been really good about restructuring those contracts. So I wouldn't be surprised if they try and make a move. You know, C.J. Stroud was Chris Olave's quarterback college. Maybe maybe there's some type of a move they make to get him maybe maybe you know if that's the case his values go up right away you know you ultimately you invested in a good player um i like it looking at players that were maybe injured but that were absolute studs before they got injured like Brees hall he's a rookie going his second year it's gonna have a lot of hype probably a first round uh fantasy running back because of the role that he developed with an athletic profile comparable to jonathan taylor so once again, great athlete and a developing role. The role is there. He's going to execute at a high level and put up some insane highlights and a big, big market, popular team. So it's kind of like all those variables go into it. Um, and then you compare his rookie card values of something like the XRC to the other guys in the draft class, the Chris Olave, to the Garrett Wilsons, the Sauce Gardeners. And if he's a lot lower, all of a sudden, boom, you got yourself a deal. You can buy in right there. Uh, Dash has lists of top five cards parallels that you immediately go to when looking to invest in a player. Um, you know, once again, that, that's pretty straightforward for me, Andy. Obviously, Prism Optic, uh, with the rated rookie. Um, I'm a big Optic Hollow believer, I just think that that's always going to have uh, some relevance. 
And then obviously, you know, this is a little bit more expensive because it is an auto, but the rookie ticket auto is just always going to be something. Uh, the level of what that something actually is is up in the air, but rookie ticket autos go back into the 90s, right? I'm always going to love that set. So for me, I look, uh, I, I, if I'm falling in love with the guy, I'm going, the first thing I actually look for is the rookie ticket auto. I actually do. Um, but, you know, for me, Andy, it's it's still the same prism, uh, select, maybe mosaic, but really it's optic hollow and, and rookie ticket auto for me. Yeah, I love the rookie ticket auto, especially the short print variation. Like, look for the little V, sometimes a little P on the back of the card, or you can tell if they have a different uh, jersey, and there's always a little marking on the back of the card you can find. When you find those, Panini's actually printed a blog on their website that says these have a print run of approximately 150 or less. A lot of people don't realize how rare some of these short print inserts are, like for example, the optic previews that are coming out in Donruss right now or, or tomorrow, those have a very uh, short print run to them, way shorter than what the base optics will coming out later this summer. And then at the end of the day, it all comes down to like a supply and demand and the condition of the card and what kind of eye appeal it has and 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 the brand recognition. And so, you, you know, when you look at uh, ultimately, that's kind of like what you're looking at. So. I love the rookie ticket auto, especially the short print variations, the optic variations. I love any optic on-card autos because they have the rated rookie logo. They have uh, rookie autographs, a lot of times serial numbers, stuff like that. Um, if I could get my hands on a Kaboom, I would freaking love it because I still think uh, Kabooms are probably the most popular and highly demanded insert, short print insert in the hobby. Um, and then the downtowns are nice, but they're not quite as nice as the kabooms, in my uh, opinion. And then a new one from 2021, Carter, was those uh, the king, the rookie kings. Like some of the guys, like Jamar Chase, had the rated rookie chain yeah, around okay. his neck. That was super cool, man. So stuff like that, I look for. There was car. There's some rookie cards going back to 2013. So if you're like looking at Travis Kelsey rookie cards, for example. They made in Prism that year, they made a rated rookie patch card that looks really cool. And some of these cards you can find, they just have a lot of eye appeal and they right. go up in price pretty quick because there may be a guy that's had this card for a few years, like new to the hobby, doesn't really know how to value it out and is just putting it in an auction and it sells for whatever it sells. The auction ends on like Tuesday at 1130 a.m. All of a sudden you get this card for 20 bucks. That's really worth 100 and you kind of, you know, you kind of hit your gold mine. I see guys like that in our Discord uh, every day that are posting like flips like that or, or opportunities that they're finding like that. So um, definitely, if like if you're new, you want to accelerate your learning curve, check out everything we've got to offer over at Patreon.com/slash Football Cards for sure. I'm a proud patron, and it's one of my favorite things to go in there and read. Really good uh, word right here by from from Toa. If you're a brand new collector, then collect what you're like. If you're investing, you need to educate yourself about the sport and how to study players. Too many people buying hype and no homework. That's actually how Andy and I became co-hosts, right? I bought a bunch of Joe Burrow college uniform stuff, and I found Andy's channel, and I sold it immediately, and I'm glad I did when I did. So, you know, don't just go in buying a bunch of stuff if you're doing it for investing reasons actually do research it takes I, I would say india probably takes one month of like good research to get like a decent idea 
And then it probably takes a full six months to where you feel comfortable knowing all the intricacies and terminology and all of that. So um, that's what it took for me. And really, honestly, uh, three-ish years into our journey together, Andy, we're still learning, right? You and I yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's absolutely crazy. I'm also going to give one low-key set that uh, – that I like is Spectra. I like Spectra a lot because it's numbered and uh, I just like the design of Spectra. Uh, Elite Pin Pals. Pin Pals. Yeah, Pin Pals are interesting because they are on card rookie autos. You get the portrait photographs. So, you know, players with their helmets off. Um, and, you know, depending on the color of the ink on the card, that uh, makes the the print run. So depending on the color of ink, the print run is going to change. Like the green inks and the purple inks, those are uh, numbered out of less than 50. And there's no actual print run on the card. So it's just kind of like this unspoken um, knowledge. And uh, Steve, the eBay hitman on our our other show, he loves pen pals and he loves to collect the rare ones. And so you can hunt these. They have them all the way down to gold ink. And you know gold ink, Super popular, anything with gold, super popular, always going to be in high demand. And those are typically number 25 or 10 or less. So I, I always think it's really cool. It's just like, all right, you know, sign sign 10 of these in gold ink, you know, Jalen. And then you give them the other and sign. You get go through different pins and stuff like that. And there's a little video out there on YouTube. of I think it's Zach Wilson signing pen pals at a, at a show. And so you can kind of see that process as well. But uh, yeah, those are pretty popular. There's a lot of uh, a lot of collectors that like it. Like go and go to eBay, and if you if you think you you like the look of a set, go and look at the sold items for one of the most popular players from that draft class and see how that's selling. And if there's a ton of sold transactions and you see it selling a lot, I mean it's a popular card. Like it, people are wanting to buy that card, so it's safe for you to go buy your sleeper you know, player under the radar in that card, because you know that if he pops off and he breaks out that people are going to want to buy it because it's um, other people are buying this guy over here. That's super popular in the same card. Rick, the collector ask you, Andy, about Kyle Trask. Yeah. His, his values have gone up a little bit, but they're still super low. I think ultimately it, it's, he's, he's a good gamble right now. It's definitely a gamble. Right. Yeah. He's definitely a gamble. He's not a super athletic guy. He's got some interesting statistics from like three quarters of a season that he played in, in 2020, where they compared him to Joe Burrow's 2019 season. I know that just makes you cringe, Carter, because it's not even like if you look the full season and you put the full seasons together, it's you can't really compare it. Like, no, you I know, can't. it's just not even not even close but they they did it like there's this famous snip from like half of a season where they compared him to burrow you know so but a lot of people are hanging their hat on that and university of florida is a big college program and you know so there's a lot of fans for kyle trask out there and a lot of people think that you know it makes sense from the buck standpoint he's on a rookie contract we've got a lot of veterans especially on defense that we need to restructure resign and deal with so from, from that standpoint, from like a cap space standpoint, I think it makes sense to give him give him a go and and rebuild in other areas on the team. But I also get if they want to bring in some type of veteran, it's just going to be tough on the on the cap space. 
Yeah, average athlete, average arm. Uh, what does he do? Exceptional. I don't know if he does anything really like exceptional. Uh, you, you take a look at what he did at Florida. He was great at Florida. Um, but what, like you mentioned, was he a Burrow level player? Was he a two a level player? Not. I don't think so. I think at the SEC, he was a very, very good quarterback, right? Um, he also was throwing to Kyle Pitts, Kadarius Toney, and, and running the Mullen offense. And when Mullen is locked in and, and he's focused, he is arguably one of the best play callers in the sport. But, you know, it, it, the NFC South is probably the worst division in the sport right now. There's a lot of turnover there, a lot of teams trying to find some kind of guidance. And I, I could see Kyle Trask piecing together a, a good game or two. but I just don't think he's it. Now, like you said, there's a lot of benefits. He is in the NFC, which is a big plus. He It doesn't look like Tampa's done anything really on the quarterback front, which is also um, a, a big plus. I would just be careful, you know, spending a lot of money on him because I just think he's average. I I, I do. I think he's, you know, was a, a good college quarterback, but – I, I don't think he was ever in the upper echelon of the SEC quarterbacks. And, you know, I, I think he's, I think he's fine. I just wouldn't, I, I just don't believe in him. I, I just don't. Um, I think it also, it makes sense to pay attention to who we're interviewing and who we hire for offensive coordinator, because that could absolutely uh, dictate what we do at the quarterback position. You know, like if we brought in, if we brought in Greg Roman, for example, you know, I think we we probably would bring in some other different uh, veteran quarterback. It would be a different game. It, it may be a different game plan. I don't know. Jake, it's just I think it's going to be important to to pay attention to that the coaching hiring right now. JP says I bought a Peyton Manning Spectra Gold Prism at a fifteen last night. Send it to me, JP. Say I'd, I'd love to see it. Andy, you know I'm a big Peyton Manning guy. Uh, got to meet him a few weeks ago, which is really cool. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, send it to me. I, I'm 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 buying Peyton. I might buy it from you. You you you, you never know. Um, someone asked me a, a minute ago, Andy, before we get into plays of the week, why you don't do basketball. Uh, I, I'll let you answer answer that, Andy. Why why don't you do basketball? Well, I mean, it goes back to the the whole enjoying what you do and having right. fun. I think it would st- stretch myself a too thin. With uh, with everything else I've got going on in my life between day job, family and everything um, to really devote myself to basketball and baseball or any other sport outside of football. Um, I'm also a bit of a perfectionist. So, like, I really want to understand the ins and outs of the sport. And there's already so many complexities and so many players and team scenarios to track in the NFL that it's it takes it occupies so much of my time. Uh, to stay up to date and, and maintain an in-depth knowledge on that. And then you add in all of the sports card variables between all the different rook cards and sets and print runs and grade conditions and all that and price points and all that kind of stuff. Um, that's ultimately why I just want to be the best at one thing. I don't want to be like the jack of all trades. I want to be the expert on one topic and know it really, really well. Yeah, it's very key from, and this come from someone who does YouTube full time, uh, you know, I started an SEC channel uh, outside of just LSU. It's hard. It's hard to cover all the teams, right? 
And it's the same thing here. And I, I think, honestly, Andy, a lot of people make this mistake. They try and cover too many sports when it comes to your actual football card buying experience, right? So, Andy, as you can see, I'm a huge international soccer fan. Went to Anfield. I spent a lot of my savings on going to see my beloved Liverpool play. Andy, you can let everyone know, and I, I really do mean this. I've not even come close to getting into soccer cards. And I love soccer. I, I, I know all the international teams. I know Barcelona. I grew up watching Javi and Iniesta. I, I know a good bit about, you know, international soccer, but it's hard. Uh, soccer cards are different from basketball cards than it is from football cards. And I'm impressed with, like, the mojos of the world that, that are able to do all of them, car collector, too, and all of it. But that's their full-time job is what that is what they do. It's hard to keep up with all of it. And I know we have a bunch of new people that are getting into the hobby that are watching this live stream. I would caution spreading yourself too thin on too many sports. Those guys know everything because they they just do. That's, that's what they do. Um, and Andy, you know a lot about other sports as well. You know a lot about, you know, baseball and stuff like that. It, it's it i i think for me i like the fact that we're just football cards because you know it, it, it separates yourself it it allows you to stand out you are the football uh uh card guy so it, it definitely goes a long way now uh plays of the week andy we might get to a few other questions but uh we are at the one hour mark uh do you want me to go first or are you going first uh, you can go ahead. You can go ahead and go first. I'm gonna I'm gonna parlay. My play of the week is gonna be uh, based on a question I see here in the chat from a couple minutes ago. So okay. So play of the week. Look for Traylon Burks. I'm still very high on Traylon Burks. I think he is an amazing athlete. I think injuries played a big role. I think Joshua Dobbs and Malik Willis being your quarterback played a big role. And I still think Tennessee, with the new GM, who a lot of people like, comes over from the 49ers, could low-key be a player for a free agent quarterback. And if, let's just say, a big-time quarterback goes to the Titans, Traylon Burke's stuff is going to go up because he is the youngest, most talented receiver that they have on their roster. So um, I'm looking to buy Traylon low um, right now. So if anyone's got some good Traylon Burke stuff, please let me know. Um I, I, Andy, I, I'm, I'm going to stick with Traylon Burks here uh, as a guy. And then I'm also going to give one more here. Um, this a little bit macro and, and price dependent. His stuff hasn't gone down as much as I would have thought. I may need to give it another look. It's been a week since I've looked at it. But Dak Prescott, right? The NFC is so much softer than the AFC. And I understand Dak's playoff performance versus the 49ers was bad. But it was the 49ers at home, by far the best defense in the NFL, the San Francisco 49ers, right? They're not giving up on Dak. I don't I don't think that they should give up on Dak. I know Kellen Moore's gone. I know I would be very concerned with McCarthy calling the plays, but Dak is still a very good quarterback for the biggest brand in the sport. And if they were to make the Super Bowl, his cards would go up. And once again, Andy, we're looking for the quarterbacks who haven't had that big moment. Uh, yet, so I, I'm not in love with it, but if Dak stuff dips to a certain level, just got the main of the year award. Um, I would I look into making a move now to you, Andy. 
Yeah, I'm going to go back to a team that's got a very, very massive fan base, massive market. I think they've been going under the radar the past couple months just because they're in a really tough division. That's the Pittsburgh Steelers um, out of the AFC North. And I'm going to recommend that you go and take a look at the Najee Harris rookie ticket autos. He's a first-round draft pick running back from Alabama. His role is absolutely massive. This guy is a bell cow. The Steelers finished the season strong. They've got a lot of improvements to do their offensive line, but I think Kenny Pickett is going to uh, work out okay. I think he showed some really promising signs towards the end of the season. Um, I also think he's pretty fearless. Like I think he's a pretty decent fit for them. And you know, in terms of the role, Najee Harris's role is just massive. Like he's a total bell cow running back in a league where it's very rare to have bell cow running backs in terms of the receiving and the rushing role. And then he was fourth best running back and evaded tackles this past year. So, you know, when I look at his dominator rating, his juke rate, stuff like that, still very efficient running back. And this was a down year for him. I told people to avoid him going into the season because his rookie ticket autos were like $150. They were super expensive. Now they're 40, you know, now they're slashed in half in some spots, even 70%. And, and there's just such a longstanding massive fan base for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And they're going to be hyped up uh, heading into September. They'll probably make some improvements to the offensive line this offseason. you got a lot of talent in guys like George Pickens and Deontay Johnson and Pat Fryermuth. And then you got the rookie quarterback and Kenny Pickett heading into his second year. I think there's going to be a lot of excitement and hype. And Najee is their, their bell cow stud running back from Alabama. Najee! Najee! I, lo- I love me some Najee Harris, man. And he's a big personality. Plays uh, plays the game with a, uh, a lot of flair as well. You never know when Najee's going to hurdle somebody. Uh, I know the fantasy community doesn't love Najee. They they feel he's Trent Richardson 2.0. Uh, I, still, I still think Najee's got juice. I still think he's got some juice. Uh, and I think that Pittsburgh offense will be better. Greg says... Uh, don't waste your money on DAC cards. Hey, I'm. I, I'll, I'll say this, right? I've seen DAC play at a top five level before. Um, so why not? I'm just saying, if it dips to a certain level, I'm, I'm going to. I'm, I'm going to look into it. Uh, but now, go on, Andy. Would you take? Would you take? Um, so say rookie ticket auto, fifty dollars, same base optic. DeAndre Swift or Najee Harris? Uh, mm. I'm 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 mm. I, I I'll I'll lean Swift because I think the Lions are going to be a better team next year. Interesting, interesting, and uh, especially I, if he's if he's healthy, he's on the field. He's super explosive, right? And he can score from anywhere. So I think there's that kind of appeal. And the Lions could absolutely take down the NFC North next year. I do think the Vikings will regress. The Packers will regress. And the the Lions are in a uh, a good spot for next year. So that's a close one, right? But what about – what about okay, um, let's say uh, Dalvin Cook or Najee Harris. Oh, Najee. Da- I think Dalvin's a little washed. I, th- I think he's going to regress big. Alvin Kamara? Um, Alvin Kamara or Najee Harris? Well, I, I'm a Saints fan, so I'm going to say Alvin because I know I could keep that in. But I Najee's younger. I, I don't. I, the Saints offense, I 
I know a few of you said uh, you're looking into Derek Carr. I don't know how I would feel about Derek Carr being the Saints quarterback uh, uh, next year. So, uh, so, so, yeah, you guys let me know um, if, you, if you think the Saints should actually make a move on Derek Carr. I don't know, Andy. I, I've thought about this nonstop. I don't think he goes to the Saints. I don't think he goes to the Saints. I'm, you know, we're supposed to get news today that he gets released. If if the um, if the Raiders don't release him today, they they owe him forty million dollars cold. <laughs> so they got to release him today, which gives him an entire month, over an entire month to well, right at a month because March fifteenth is when the 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 free agency season opens. So. Um, he's got right at a month head start on all the other free agents uh, negotiating with teams and finding a spot. So I don't know. Something tells me he doesn't go to the Saints, but, you know, he has met with them quite a bit. Oh, there it goes. I literally, just as I said something to you, I got a sleeper notifications that the Raiders officially informed Derek Carr that he's been released. So, Good. yeah, there's no way they were going to get on the hook for that $40 million. Mm, mm, mm is let's go to joshua zawatowski that did, did say his last name correctly zawatowski is 199 a good buy price for kenny pickett explosive kaboom i don't know i, I explosive I, kaboom oh that's a nice looking card man let me let me let me have see. you seen those the new kabooms you gotta check that, these out I, I've, I've i've got to now joshua let's let's see let's see what joshua's cooking uh can he pick it explosive i i think i showed you these once before on the chris olave um uh, they look yeah there they are they look really cool i like the new kabooms i like I think that. one of these is considered the explosive but um two hundred dollars i would say is is an absolute deal two hundred dollars on a kaboom wait just the explosive one, not the kaboom, is what he's saying. So is there oh there we go. Oh. Right there. Okay. Yeah, I guess so. If that just went for 366. That one I yeah, like it's that. still gonna be a, yeah, it's still gonna be a rare card. I actually haven't seen this one. I was thinking of just the new kaboom design. I thought maybe that was called explosive. Um, uh, but yeah, that's I mean that's got a very kaboomish feel to it, and the same design, and everything. I almost thought that this Steelers text right here was a serial number. Right. But um, I love the elements of this card. It's actually got an actual photo, too, not a caricature. <laughs> I like it. I mean, you're looking at an auction right here that uh. ended January 6th for 366. You got one for 200. I think it's an absolute deal, man. I think it's a great deal. There you go. I just lost my voice with that cough. Huh? 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 Dude, I know. I can still hear that cough in you, dude. You, man, I, you got, I, you. I appreciate you flying solo last week. You absolutely killed it. But I was so blown away by the explosiveness of, of this cough. <laughs> I, 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 I love that. Uh, Saints should draft the young quarterback. They are not built to win now, says Mr. JP. Uh what boxes yeah, have what boxes have kabooms in them? That would be absolute. Absolute. Uh, yeah. But uh, 
But there you go. Andy, um, before we get out of here, is there anything else you would love our beautiful, gorgeous, amazing listening and viewing audience? Uh, is there any other football card uh, knowledge you would like to share? Yeah, man, just uh, stay stay vigilant and stay patient on the auctions. You're typically going to find your best deals in auctions, but that doesn't mean to just totally disregard buy it nows because like for myself, for a prime example, there's definitely players I'm prioritizing right now to break even on or even take a small loss. So I'll list them below what the other available listings are at, and I'll still sell on a buy it now because you can only require immediate payment on buy it nows, and that I'm a, I'm a stickler on that. So... Uh, yeah, I would say like I just sold a Russell Wilson prism the other day and it only had a small loss, honestly, from what I bought. I almost sold it for almost a hundred dollars. So, um, you know, only a small loss and I went ahead and sold it. I'm like, you know what? If you want this thing for I think I sold it for 85 bucks. I'm like, you can have it, man. Go ahead. So let's do this. So, you know, I would say even if you're selling, I still sell and buy now. Uh, but maybe, you know, you you make your prices competitive, man. Make them competitive. Don't shoot for the moon. Try and leave that buyer with the feeling that they have financial upside in the card. And you taught me that a long time ago, Carter. And uh, it's it's stuck with me, and it's and it's definitely been valuable. Yeah, you can. It's easy to get too greedy in 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 this, but just keep it moving, right? If you're getting profit on a card, take it and put it into a card that you actually want, or put it into another investment. Just you know, always keep it moving. Right. And that will go a long way. Um, hey, I appreciate everybody in the chat, man. The live shows have been great. We like doing it around this 2 p.m. Uh, central time. So that's where we'll probably do our Tuesday shows moving forward. So be on the lookout for that. Don't forget the link down below. If you want to support Andy and the card quest is signing up with Card Shop Live. You got to use the link down below. And if you have any questions for Andy or me, as far as football cards are concerned, you can always hit us up on the Patreon, patreon.com slash football cards. It's only a few bucks a month and you get access to a huge discord where there's a lot of people like Perry collectibles, uh, like Derek Richard and a lot of smart people in there that are there uh, to help each other out. Right. So be on the lookout for that. And until next week, peace. Boom. Peace out, guys.